This is the Employment Law Show. That means it is time to roll. It is 6.32 on your Thursday evening. Welcome to it. John Scholes here along with Lior Samfiru and the co-founding partner Samfiru to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. You got questions about your employment rights. This is your show. You know what to do. Pick up that phone, 416-870-6400 starting now. Maybe you've been terminated. Uh, talk of layoffs. Maybe you've been uh, wrongfully dismissed or being harassed at work. Maybe there's questions about severance or human rights issues or vaccines. Doesn't matter. Bring it all on. Answer all of them. 416-870-6400. You can also reach out anytime to Lior and the team at the firm, one 855 21-5900 and the email address we always like to use and give out. Maybe your email will make it to one of our future shows, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We have lots of stuff to get through today. In fact, some of the uh, some of the strange things, there are weird things you need to know about termination and severance. That's coming up here in just a bit and maybe some emails. But first, the case of the day. Pal, what do you got? Uh, John, I am uh, ready to go. You know, we've been having some nice uh, weather, at least nice. I like it here. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, it's putting me in a good mood, and I'm I'm ready to answer as many questions as possible and help uh, help as many people as possible. Talking about employment law, workplace rights, the thing that impact impacts all of us. You know, if I was here talking about criminal law, hopefully that doesn't impact the vast majority of people listening to the show. But mm-hmm. we're talking about employment law, workplace law. If you have a job, you should care. If you have a job, you probably have questions, and this is the time. This is the place to ask those questions, to get answers, and hopefully feel better about whatever workplace issue you're dealing with. Maybe it's the loss of your job or the threatened loss of your job. Maybe your job is changing and you don't know what to do about it. Maybe you're being mistreated. Uh, Sometimes maybe your boss is not uh, dealing with you the way he or she should have. Well, then let's talk about what that means and what you can do. Whatever that problem, the issue for yourself, for your child, for your significant other, call us and let's have that chat. Of course, you can also reach out to me in the office. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show. But as promised, case of the day, a situation that came across my desk today. I spoke with a gentleman who uh, about a year and a half ago or so was put on a uh, on a temporary layoff, of course, because of the pandemic, like so many other people. I hasn't heard from his employer in a long, long time. But in the meantime, because he wasn't working, he has decided to move, uh, in fact, move out of province hmm. and be closer to the rest of his family. So he's moved, and uh, now all of a sudden, the company re- uh, contacts him and says, hey, yeah, you're ready, ready for you to come back to work. Can you come back to work next week? Obviously, he can't. It's kind of going to be difficult to commute uh, to Ontario from uh, uh, Manitoba. So uh he calls me and he says, well, okay, obviously I'm not going back, but do I have any any rights here? So here's the interesting thing. When they put him on this layoff a year and a half ago, that layoff was in fact a termination of his employment. He can choose to treat that as a termination. So what he can say now even is when you let me, when you put me on this layoff a year and a half ago, back in 2020, you terminated my employment. Therefore, it doesn't matter what happens now because you already terminated me and you owe me severance. He had been with this employer for three and a half years. He's owed five to six months of severance. And that's what he can do. And I'm going to help him do that. So there's obviously good news for him because he's not going back to work. He can't. He's out of province. He's moved on. Yeah. But because that layoff is not allowed, it's not something a company has a right to do. 
even if it's because of COVID-19, he has the right to get compensated in, in severance. And I know there's still people, even now as we speak, people that are still waiting to be called back to work, uh, having been put on a COVID layoff, uh, you know, some time ago. And obviously you can you can wait and that's your right to, to try to get back to work. Absolutely. But keep in mind, you also have the ability to treat that as a termination of employment. And if that's what you want to do, if you've had enough, if you don't want to go back, if you want to just get paid your severance and move on, or maybe you've already moved on, you just want to get mm -hmm. your severance, you can do that. Let's talk. Give me a call and I'll help you make it happen. Yeah, that's not something you just want to go to your uh, employer or former employer and say, well, Lior said you owe me this and Lior said I should do this. <laughs> you don't want to walk this one alone, man. They should definitely be calling you for uh, for all these matters, you know? Yeah, you're, if you're uh, ask your employer, hey, where's my uh, severance? They're not going to pay you. In fact, they may not even know that they have to pay you. I need to get right. involved and educate them and have them retain a lawyer who's going to tell them what I've been saying, that, yeah, you owe severance, and that's how we get a result. It's not complicated. It's not long. It's not the difficult. So, uh, but it starts with picking up the phone and, and giving me a call. And that number to reach out uh, beyond the show, one 821 5900 and help at This, I love this topic. By the way, you can call anytime now here at the station. We're on live, so you got some time, 416-870-6400. So, uh, so do that, and we'll, uh, we'll stand by for your calls. Weird things you need to know about termination and severance. I love this topic. I, this, this is really quirky because a lot of these things people may not realize, right? Yeah, things that may not be intuitive or things that people believe that, that are false. So I picked a few things. And by the way, that list could be two or three times as long. Maybe we'll do yeah. part two and part three in the future. Uh, but just some things that you may not know or, or just some quirky things that may make you raise an eyebrow, but things that are important that you absolutely need to know. First one is this. Everything you think you know about severance is calculated is wrong. Uh -oh, yeah, everything wrong. you know, everything you think you know. Yeah. But how severance is calculated, I guarantee you it's wrong. And <laughs> if, if, if you ask five people on the street, if you and I went for a walk right now and asked five people, hey, how is severance calculated? We'll probably get different five different answers. It's a week per year. It's two weeks per year. You mm -hmm. only get severance if you work for a big company. You only get severance if you work this much time. All kinds of things, all kinds of rules, all kinds of different ideas, all of them, all of them are wrong. Okay, and, and completely wrong. So no, let's be very clear here. Severance is not a week per year or two weeks per year. Severance you get if you lost your job, even if you work for a short time, if you work for a day, for a month, uh, if you're a short service employee, if you uh, uh, part-time, full-time, doesn't matter. If you had a job and you lost that job, you get severance. And the severance is calculated based on a few factors, which are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So it's not a week per year. It's not two weeks per year. For most people, it's a lot more than that. You could be owed three months severance after working for uh, a month. You could be owed six months severance after working for a month. Or, so there's various things that go into this, which is why the net effect of that is you're probably owed a lot more severance than what you realize. That's why we have our severance calculator. Which you can find it at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca uh, because – Every day I see this, John, all these preconceived notions about how severance is calculated, they're all wrong. So chances are, if you've had something in your mind about how that severance is calculated, it's wrong. 
Well, we we've been talking about this for years. Part of that is people go right to the ministry; they get the they get misinformation there, and then it's just broken telephone. Mill, my, my I got a buddy's third cousin got fired. He knows he he went through this, and he gets a week pre- so on and so forth. There's just so much bad information out there. They're going to the wrong sources, right? Well, yeah. The other day, I had someone contact me and say, "Well, my uh, my sister works in HR, and she told me that it's this." Well, no, it's not that. It's not correct. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just because uh, someone works with employees doesn't mean that they know what the law is so you need to know about employment law you contact an employment lawyer it's not that complicated and again you don't like me that's okay but you always have to talk to an employment lawyer if you have an employment issue especially if it's about severance next point is this even if you are let go without cause the employer can change its mind and say that it was for cause hello so without cause termination you know maybe your employer initially says yeah we let you go for restructuring Mm -hmm. uh can they then change their mind and say, well, no, no, we actually let you go for misconduct? They can. So here's how that can happen. That can happen if your employer finds out after the fact that you were doing something wrong. So for example, uh, your employer lets you go. Nothing you did. There's a restructuring. They just let you go because they had to make some changes, restructure, no problem. And then they uh, go to your computer to try to you know, clean it up and they find out that you were uh, not working and you're spending all day on uh, Amazon and eBay. So they say, wait a second, that's time theft. Uh, now we understand that. So retroactively, we're going to say that we terminated this employee for cause. That's what we call after acquired cause. So that is possible. And I've seen it happen quite a few times when the employer changes retroactively the reason that they terminated the person. Now, I still want you to keep this in mind that it's still very, very, very difficult to terminate an employee for cause. You would have had to do something pretty darn bad in order to for the company to be able to justify a termination for cause. But yeah, it is possible for the company to change the reason and the basis for termination after the fact. I have never heard that in 10 years of us doing the show. 10 years plus, that's amazing. I did not know that. I, did I just teach you something new, Johnny? Can you believe it? And I wow. actually learned it, which is more surprising. And it's actually Incredible. sinking in. So <laughs> ask me again tomorrow. It'll probably be gone. We're talking about weird things you need to know about termination and severance. Uh, employers that are concerned about the high cost of severance have a very simple way to reduce liability. Tell me about it. That's right. So we talk a lot, a lot on the show about how much severance employees are owed. And that could be as much as two years pay. And that even if you work for a few months, you could be owed a few months severance. And mm-hmm. you know that could be a lot of money. And some employers are listening to this and saying, holy cow, that's a massive liability that we have for severance. You know, Whether we have an employee that's worked for a year or 30 years, we're going to owe a lot of severance. How do we deal with that? How do we reduce that liability? Well, it's actually not complicated for the employer. And that is to have a proper employment agreement in place that limits a person's severance. That is probably the only legal way that an employer can limit and reduce its uh, severance liability. It could be the difference between paying someone uh, six months pay and paying them one week's pay or the difference between paying two years pay and two months pay. It could be massive. So, And for an employer, you want to have an employment agreement that addresses properly the issue of termination. For an employee, the opposite, of course, is true. You want to run far, far away from from an employment agreement that tries to limit your termination entitlements. So, yeah, 
surprising to me still that employers uh, don't always use an employment agreement like that. But that's the way and not a complicated way, fairly easy way to limit your severance liability if you're an employer. And how about these uh, bosses who just heard this going, oh, man, I got a couple 35-year guys in here. You know what? I'm going to get an employment agreement drafted up tomorrow, and I'm going to give it to them on Monday so they can sign it. Yeah, so if you already have an employee, if you're the employer and say, yeah, I have these employees, I want them to sign a new agreement so I can limit future severance. If you want that agreement to be enforceable, you have to give the employee something in return for signing. If they just sign it, but you don't give them anything in return, that's not good enough. It doesn't do anything. So that could be a pay raise. It could be a promotion. It could be extra vacation. It can even be a, a one-time signing bonus. Uh, but something they have to get in return for that to be enforceable. So many times employers think, oh, yeah, I'll just get them to sign it. And then good for me. I can take advantage of that employment agreement. Not so fast. If you have an existing employee, they have to get something in return or it's not going to be worth the paper it's written on. Rounding up your phone calls, 416-870-6400. Bring them on. you still got some time in between that. We'll continue with this topic. Maybe slide over to a couple of emails. Again, 416-870-6400. Thursday night edition of the Employment Law Show continues. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Welcome back indeed. 647 Thursday night. It is Employment Law Show continues, 416 870 6400 to call in for the remaining time and ask your questions between that back to weird things you need to know about termination and severance but first i want to get to uh, to will who's been standing by for a moment good evening will what's your uh, what's your question pal sorry William. okay can an employer produce a fixed contract of let's say five years 10 years 15 years even 20 years uh what do you mean by reduce it no 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 not reduce sorry can the, uh, the employer produce, compose? Um, oh, uh, to, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you, you can absolutely have a fixed-term contract for a fixed period of time. Yeah, for there, there's no limit as to how long it could be, a year, two years, five years. Yeah, uh, but for an employer, that would be a very silly thing to do. Why would you uh, have a contract for five years? Just have a, a, a an indefinite contract with a termination clause. But can they do that? Sure. Should they do that? Absolutely not. But they can absolutely do it. Thank you. No problem. Okay, Will. Thank you very much. You want to follow up with anything else, you can uh, You can do so. one 821 5900 would be the way. Okay, weird things you need to know about termination and severance. Um, if you work a lot of overtime, the overtime hours count when calculating severance. How about that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, here's kind of the example. Let's say you get the salary, a fixed salary, whatever that is, but you also work a lot of overtime regularly, and, you know, that adds up, and now you're let go. So now we have to calculate your severance. So the first thing is to to calculate your monthly compensation. Mm -hmm. Well, overtime counts for that. So we would look at an average. So if on average you earn, I don't know, $1,000 a month in, in overtime pay because you work a lot of overtime, then that's going to be part of your severance. That $1,000 a month is going to be included. So it's not just your base salary, and overtime can be significant. I know a lot of people that work tons of overtime, make good money doing that, and then when it comes to severance, conveniently, the company forgets or, or doesn't think it needs to add overtime. No, you have to add the overtime. When it comes to your compensation, we're going to look at average earnings. That also means, by the way, that bonuses need to be included. Car allowance needs to be included. A commission needs to be included. 
All that needs to be included when it comes to your uh, severance. But overtime is something that employers often forget. They say, well, we don't know if you would have worked overtime if you had continued. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. What we do know is what's happened in the past. That's the only reliable information we have. That's why overtime has to be included. How about this one? The Ministry of Labor and the Labor Board cannot help uh, with what you are owed if you lose your job. We kind of touched on this earlier, right? So, John, still to this day, 2022, I think the major instinct or the first instinct that for many people is to contact the government, the Labor Board, the Ministry of Labor, if they lose their job to find out if what their employer is doing is right or wrong. And I understand why that would be your first instinct. In fact, if I wasn't a, an employment lawyer, if I was uh, a guy that didn't practice employment law, I think I would have wanted to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I get that. But here's the thing. And, and our regular listeners, I know, are aware of this, but it's important to uh, reiterate it. The government, the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board cannot help an employee get their full termination entitlements, their full severance. The government can only help enforce your minimum entitlements. So I'll give you an example. If you're let go after, I don't know, three years, and the government can help you get three weeks pay, your minimum entitlements. Your full entitlements could be, I don't know, six months pay, eight months pay, months. Government can help you with that. But if that was it, then it would be bad enough, but it's actually much worse than that. So you you don't know that uh, that the government really is not the place to go. So you go, you go to the government, you file a complaint and say, okay, help me get my severance. By doing that, you're then yeah. prevented, you're not allowed to pursue your full entitlements. You can't say, okay, thank you for getting me my three weeks, but I'm going to speak to someone else to get me my full severance. You're, you're prevented. You're, you're barred from getting your full severance. So Every single day, still to this day, people lose out on tens of thousands of dollars in severance that they're legally owed because they go to the government. I know it sounds crazy. We're talking about weird things about termination. This is one of the weirdest, but it's true. It's a fact. So when it comes to losing your job, you can't go to the government. You can you can go to the government if you have an overtime issue, yep. a vacation pay issue. You can go if your employer is not paying you your statutory holiday pay. For sure. You can and you should. In fact, I encourage it. You cannot, though, go to the government if you lost your job. For that, you speak to me. You don't like me. You speak to another employment lawyer. But that's what you absolutely have to do. Another point is this. It's very, very difficult to get compensation for hurt feelings or emotional distress. How about that? So oftentimes when I speak with individuals that have lost their job, obviously they want to get their severance and other termination entitlements, but they're also very upset for losing their job. They don't feel that they were treated properly. And in talking to them, I realized they're right. They they weren't treated properly and the employer really was a bit of a bully and and, wasn't dealing with them Mm -hmm. properly. The problem is that the way our laws are is that you can't really get compensation for that in those situations. You can't get compensation because your your boss was a jerk or that, that you know you felt bad or, or, or they bullied you. There's really no compensation that's available for that. What you can do is if you're still working for the company, claim constructive dismissal by bullying you that's as if they've terminated you. But it's rare to get additional money, additional damages because of that, unless, of course, the conduct was discriminatory. Right. You're mistreated because mm-hmm. of your age or your race or ethnicity. That's a human rights violation. You can absolutely get compensation for that. 
But short of that, you really can't get compensation for hurt feelings, for the employer not treating you properly. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that that should be the case, but that's how our laws are at this time. You know, we talk about almost every show is the fact that, uh, you know, most people offered so much less severance than they're actually owed for, you know, maybe the boss or the, the company doesn't want to give it. Maybe they're ignorant to what they're owing or what they should be giving anyway. What's the worst severance offer that you ever saw? <laughs> well, I, uh, I I once saw someone who had worked as a bookkeeper for a company yeah. for 30 years, over 30 years, John. And when she was let go, she was not even offered. She was just paid two weeks pay nice. and her employer said you know uh, you know it's, it's kind of a, a a parting gift you know we don't have to pay you anything we're going to pay you two weeks hmm. now it, that company believed that she was an independent contractor which she wasn't she worked full-time and exclusively that lady was owed 24 months pay so from two weeks to 24 months pay i still have that standing out in my mind after 30 years of consistent work when she's let go because the company, you know, was uh, making some changes for the, that employer to believe that they can only pay her two weeks pay. That's ridiculous. And guess what? We resolved it on the basis of 24 months. I nice. was very happy, but definitely the worst one I've ever seen. No jelly of the month club to go along with that or just the uh, just the two weeks? Huh? That's nice. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that, that would have been funny. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen stories quite like that. But, uh, yeah. man, I mean, you can imagine the difference in dollars for her was massive. Yeah. Let's get to Ron's email in the closing moments here. Ron says, uh, hey, Leor, my employer let me go a week a a week after I came back from a medical leave. I just found an ad online where they have posted my replacement. Can they do this? Well, no, they can't because it certainly sounds like they're letting him go because of his medical leave if they're looking to hire someone else. They, if there's a job available and he's ready to come back from uh, from a medical leave, they have to take him back. If the job is available, the only time they could actually terminate him legally is if there was no job, right? If there's no job, a lot of things have changed while you were off. We looked, we tried, but there's no job for you. Yeah, they can terminate, pay severance and move on. But if there is a job, in fact, they're looking to, to fill his position, it does look like, like they just didn't want to bring him back. And if they don't want to bring him back, that potentially is a human rights violation. So that's mm. illegal. So yeah, we need to connect and I can help him not just get severance. Of course, that's that's a given. But also deal with that human rights aspect. Your employer can't just avoid bringing you back because you were sick, because you took a medical leave. They have to make all efforts to bring you back if there's a job for you. We'll squeeze this one in in a minute. Stan says, and this kind of relates to what we were talking about all show, says, I've not received a pay increase in more than five years. Does my employer have to give me one? So the answer is that to that is no. There's yeah. no legal obligation, unless you're part of a union, uh, but there's no legal obligation to provide pay raise. That's something that's in discretion of the employer. Obviously, there's good business reasons to do that. But if an employer doesn't provide a pay raise, maybe you look for a better place to work, a different place. But the law does not impose that legal obligation to provide a pay raise uh, in a non-unionized uh, workplace. It has been a busy Thursday, and we'll uh, we'll take our leave for now. We'll be back here on the weekend tomorrow at 6.30, of course. Savannah is here with the Disability Law Show. In the meantime, the number to reach out to Lior and his team, one 821 5900 the email we just used right there. You can use it, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and really the one-stop shop for everything having to do with employment law, even before that phone call. Check it out free and anonymously. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's fantastic. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you the weekend with another edition of the Employment Law Show.